214 words. Markel style. There's Ace. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? You need a hand? Uh, no, I'm all set. Thank you, though. Do you have a flat? What are you doing? Oh, no, it's not flat. Do you... Are you gonna... you care to explain? What? Oh, no, see, Ace, I'm changing this tire right now. Yeah, I get I'll that. Be, but I'll still be in the it's not, don't worry. It's not flat? And, no, no, no. But flat. you're changing it? Yeah. Is there something wrong with it? Ace, have you ever had a hero before? Nope. Mm -mm. Whatever. What makes a company great? What makes a company tick? You know, the companies that have lasted for years and will be around for years to come? At Markel Group, what we've found is that it's beyond great product or service. Those are important, sure, but it's really about the people who drive culture, who embody the spirit of the work, and who build lasting relationships across organizations. We're on a journey to tell the stories of those people, the ones who make Markel Group successful. Welcome to Markel Style. Matt, who are we here to talk about today? John Witt. John Witt. Now, I promise you, almost every great story told throughout history starts with a wayward young person, not sure what they want to do in life. So cue Kansas carry on wayward son. Carry no, on my no, way. No, 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 no. You told me to cue it, Ace. No, but we're not. Anyway, tell me the story. Give me the okay, here's the deal. John Witt uh, is the son of a roofing contractor, born and raised in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. Now, you know, at that time, the expectation was that you would probably go work for the family business mm -hmm. to push on the legacy, to build it to, to new horizons, essentially. Yeah. And when John was 21, he wasn't sure that's what he wanted to do. Okay, so John's figuring it out trying or thinking about new career paths and this moment chance perhaps he runs into his little league football coach this this individual passed away two years ago and uh, he was the one that brought me into Lansing building products Ron Barry um, I knew him he was a little league football coach excuse me if I get choked up That's a little bit right. but Ron look I was uh, turning 22 uh, been to college, um, trying to find my way like most 21-year-olds, yeah. and, and just ran into him. Hey, I have an outside sales position open. I think you'd be great. You should yeah. come up to Richmond. Love for you to meet uh, my boss, the regional manager, yeah. and come up for an interview. So I drove up, um, had that interview, and it was similar to this, just asking questions. Yeah. Make a long story short, next thing I knew, the regional manager stood up, said, Ron likes you, I like you, welcome aboard. And I didn't know, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, hey, I won't let you down. <laughs> so, uh, so John, he commits to having the conversation. Yeah. He goes up, he has the chat, turns out it was an interview, and he walks out with a job, and that turns into, what, an almost 40-year career. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right now, I think we're on 39 years of John Witt being at Lansing Building Products. Lansing Building Products. Tell me tell me a little bit about the company that he stepped into 40 years ago. Oh, it's an amazing company. So it started in 1955. It's originally providing building supplies for roofing contractors, okay. which is how he was connected to, how, to John's dad. Yeah, okay. exactly. And um, they essentially now provide high-quality building products to a 
number of different contractors across America. They have 112 branches in 35 states, and um, it's a third-generation family business. So it started by Ted Lansing, then went to Chris Lansing, and now the current leader is Hunter Lansing, the grandson of the founder. Oh, that's that's brilliant. So uh, John has been in this company and... Uh, from that moment with Ron Barry has really become what I've what I've heard him refer to as the culture carrier. Yeah, uh, and um, in a previous style episode, we talked about Alex Green and actions being more important than words. I feel like in all of the stories and anecdotes we've heard about John Witt at Lansing Building Products, uh, he is somebody who has a bias for action and is doing the work. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's so hard with somebody like John Witt. I mean, the guy is a force of nature. You want to try and like describe his impact on the organization? There are literally hundreds of people who've worked at that company whose lives were changed. And that's what I think is so interesting about this story and where we started. You start with a football coach mm. who finds you and then all of a sudden gets you a job you didn't even know you really wanted. <laughs> and then you spend the next 39 years paying it forward and doing the same exact thing for people, seeing the things that they didn't see in themselves. Mm. And so I find it hard to distill that down, but I think you're exactly right. Words are cheap, eh? So let's tell some stories. Let's let's fast forward to maybe 2020. Yep. There's nothing going on in the world at that point. Um, John gets asked to go travel quite a bit during the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, 2020, that's when uh, Lansing Building Products actually joined the Markel Group family. Um, So they were going through that transition. At the same time, they actually were bringing a new company into their family. See, Uh, like I said, nothing going on (laughs) in 2020. Harvey, yeah, a company called Harvey Building Products. It's a wonderful business, 36 branches up in the Northeast. But as you say, you got to be on the ground to manage a process like that. You cannot do an integration of a company over Zoom. Uh, What really embodies uh, some of John's best qualities, uh, which I think are integrity, grit, and really his passion for people, uh, happened uh, because he knew that we had to integrate that business. We had to assimilate the 36 uh, branches and eight or 900 people uh, that came along with that business. And so John spent uh, probably a year and a half every week on a plane uh, up to Boston with our people in the car in our branches with our customers uh, and of course back home at the end of every week and he did that over and over again getting with those those new Lansing family members welcoming them into the family and then sharing with with them our culture what we do how we do it and why we do it okay so John is on the road back and forth on a weekly basis between what Richmond and the Northeast uh, and it's fascinating how people build relationships and we start to share what our culture is as a company is being integrated. And uh, John's one of those guys who has, look, you can send somebody to go do that work or you can send a John Witt. When John has been to a branch and maybe I'll go visit a week or two later, they'll still be talking about, well, John Witt was here two weeks ago or John Witt was here last week. And it really makes an impact and, and and he, he may not realize it, but his presence is felt wherever he goes. So I think when you look at the idea that 
people would remember and talk about when John Wick comes out to a branch. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would that happen? And an organizational psychologist would tell you it's something called the proximity effect, mm. which is basically the idea that we build the, the strongest and longest lasting relationships with the people that we see the most, like physically. And like I said, you can't do that over Zoom because there's a whole slew of, of communications and bonding mechanisms that happen when we're in the same room with people, yeah. especially when you're a guy like John Witt, who has just this massive personality, is an amazing listener. And he is the type of guy, when you talk about culture champion, that's what it is. He gets in there and he can push values through his words and his actions that are just contagious. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I want to pick up on more action. You said there's another example of how John exists in the world that happened around a branch opening in Charlotte. You want to What's the story there? Yeah, so they they were reopening a branch down there. The basically the entire executive team went down uh, to to celebrate the moment, cut the ribbon, do the thing. And when they came out after the event, Hunter had a flat tire on his truck. (laughs) This is the flat tire thing. Yeah, yeah. So how do you like me now, Ace? Because here's the thing: does it make sense? It. I begrudgingly, it makes sense now. John Witt's your hero. John Witt is my hero. I, I kind of feel like... That's beautiful. I, I kind of love it. All right. Touche, Matt. Touche. So uh, none of us are really all that handy. John might be the most handy of us all. We couldn't find the jack where we thought the jack would be. So I quickly got on YouTube to find out where the jack might be. Uh, so I'm standing on the side of the road watching this video, trying to figure out how to do this. But immediately, uh, John is under the truck trying to figure out how to rip the tire down. And I don't know how he's going to get it off because we didn't have any tools yet or what he was going to do with it when he got it. But I think uh, to me, that's just a, a, a sort of funny story that tells uh, a story about what John is about, really uh, a person of, of, of extreme action. All right. I, look, I'm going to give you kudos again for, for the tire thing. This now, it makes way more sense. Uh, this would be a benign example in most other contexts until you start to understand John Witt. And this is actually exemplary of how he functions and what he inspires people to do. And as I've heard it said, often John Witt has a bias for action Crawling under the truck and figuring out when I get there is one thing. It translates to business as business is getting more complex and and harder in a lot of respects. I kind of love this as an example of John. I think that's exactly right, Ace, because, you know, it's easy to see John as an inspiring character who's motivating. 100% he is. He has a huge personality impact in that regard. But the shrewd observer might look and say, okay, that's nice, but what's the real business impact? Mm -hmm. And this is where the rubber meets the road, literally, uh, (laughs) with completely full tires. And so the way that happens is that if you look at most people who are probably watching or listening to this today who work for large organizations – they're probably feeling a little bit crushed by complexity. Mm-hmm. The weight of a bureaucracy in large companies is really just... It's hard to navigate. It's yeah. brutal. Yeah. And that's no accident. In fact, the Boston Consulting Group looked at complexity and they, they wanted to do a longitudinal study just to just understand what's happening here. So they went back to 1950 mm-hmm. and, uh, and they said, how complex were organizations? They found these ways to metric and index that. And then they, they went up to 2010, which admittedly is a little old, but I think these numbers will speak for themselves. And they found that over the course of that period, the world got six times more complicated to do business. 
Fair enough. Mm -hmm. You got globalization, you got internet, all sorts of disruption, disruptive technology, that sort of stuff. So that's basically saying it's six times harder to do business today. Um, what about organizational complexity? Take a guess, Ace. How much more complex were organizations in 2010 than they were in 1950? Two, three times more complex. Oh, I wish you were right. It's 35 times more complex because we have a whole bunch of meetings for the wow. sake of meetings, subcommittees, reports that nobody reads, all the minutia of work. Yeah. And so when you look at the actual bias towards action, that's what's missing. And John Witt impels a group of people to really move the ball forward when they feel like they're going in circles or they're just kind of like pushing emails back and forth. Yeah. And I think we have a great story actually of what happens when he's in a meeting and he feels <laughs> like that's going on. Well, with John, I, I, you know, when we go back to the acquisition or really uh, not, not just the acquisition, it's just sort of an overall theme with John is uh, we will be talking about things that will be a little bit off, off track or we'll be talking about something complicated. And you can see when John starts getting a little frustrated and, and he's ready to ready for us to move on. But John will say, guys, we just need to go sell something. So really, uh, John keeps us grounded. So just go sell something. I mean, as that as a reminder, um, allow me some latitude. As, as we're talking about coaches, I, I, I think about the coaches I've had over the years, probably coaches you've had, uh, how John has talked about Ron Barry. They do a couple things. They teach the, the fundamentals. Um, they inspire, and then they remind us that we know the fundamentals and that we've been inspired. And, and for me, as, as we watch John coached through an organization, that reminder of, hey, yeah, the complexity is real and there are things that we do have to wade through. We've got a bigger business driven by more technology, et cetera, et cetera. But there are some fundamentals and I'm going to continue to remind us that when we're landlocked, let's just go sell something. That's what we, I mean, that for me, it kind of distills all of the things we've talked about John doing through Lansing. Uh, and I, I think that kind of lands it. Yeah. Uh, you're you're totally right. And if you look at how we started this story, you know, his 21-year-old John, he wasn't sure if he wanted to go work for his dad yeah. or what he wanted to do. And then Ron Barry comes in and the serendipitous encounter actually transforms John's life. You yeah. know, he goes on to have one of the most beautiful and rewarding careers. It's still going, by the way. The and guy, I, I think second only to his relationship with his wife, Janet. Right? Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, yeah, and, um, and, you know, it's it's... To me, that is so powerful. But there's something we have to say here, which is, you know, when John's dad was nearing the end of his life, he, he went into the hospital and it started to look like he may not come out. Mm. And uh, Chris Lansing, who was leading uh, the, the company at that point in time, the second generation leader, you know, made a point to go over to the hospital to talk to John's dad. Mm -hmm. And they had a conversation. I just think this is so incredible because of all the things they could have talked about. John's dad wanted to make a point to tell Chris, you know, my son made the right choice when he went to work for you. And, you know, you can imagine how hard it was in the early days when John didn't go work for his dad. But I think what we've just seen is that time and that career that John had at Lansing Building Products was so impressive and so important that even his dad said, you know what, he made the right decision. And, you know, I can't think of anything more beautiful mm -hmm. to share. Um, and so here's to John Witt, an actual hero of mine.